Welcome back to Long Covid Doctor, an educational series for sufferers of Long Covid. I'm Dr Tim Robinson, formerly a family doctor, GP for 30 years, now a Long Covid specialist. This is the second part on dizziness and Long Covid. In the first part, I talked about the various presentations and focused on two of the commonest causes, presentations, the diagnosis and treatments. In this part, I'll talk about another common cause, its treatment, as well as the general whole person advice for long COVID. As I said before, check out the references, resources and links in social media uh, in the show notes below. And also just to say, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mentioned, should only be considered after discussion with your own doctor or medically qualified professional. So here we go, part two on dizziness and long COVID. And so, by way of a brief recap from part one, dizziness, the bracket term, and long COVID is common and it has a significant impact on our patients' lives. In part one, I explain that broadly speaking, dizziness can be divided into three presentations based on the symptoms themselves. They are firstly, giddiness, secondly, unsteadiness, and thirdly, lightheadedness. So firstly, giddiness was the room is spinning, going round and round, my head is spinning. That's what our patients tell us. Secondly, unsteadiness, Patients say, I feel wobbly, so it's a wobbliness. It's like being on a boat or a pontoon. And then thirdly, lightheadedness, a faint feeling. Having talked about the first two in part one, namely giddiness and unsteadiness, I now want to come on to lightheadedness here in part two. And so, lightheadedness. As I said before, patients say things like, I feel like I'm going to faint. My vision goes dark. I see stars. Everything is coming in on me. And there may be associated symptoms. Tinnitus, going cold and clammy, dry mouth, prickly skin, feeling sick, feel worried, fearful, scared. There may be palpitations. Maybe when they're upright or getting up or with prolonged standing. These symptoms of near fainting, lightheadedness, are most likely to be due to a momentary disturbance of the blood supply to the brain. A temporary hold up in the regulation and adjustments in the control of blood pressure and heart rate. These are controlled automatically by centres in the brainstem. They happen without us knowing. This is all part of the autonomic nervous system. However, if this is dysfunctional, it causes dysautonomia. Dysautonomia leads to orthostatic hypotension. What do we mean by this? So basically, hypotension is low blood pressure. So dropping of blood pressure with standing 
orthostatic. It's to do with standing, being in the standing position. Hence, feeling faint. Uh, a faint feeling with standing. As well as POTS. Paroxysmal orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. Palpitations usually felt, usually faint feeling also with standing. I explain this more fully in my presentations on dysautonomia as well as on POTS. If dysautonomia is suspected, it should be tested for with the Nasaline test or active stand test. Blood pressure and pulse are taken when the patient is lying flat and then at regular intervals up to 10 minutes whilst standing. An increase in the beats per minute of heart rate it gives you a diagnosis of POTS or a drop of systolic blood pressure. That's the top reading of your blood pressure. By 20 milligrams or more, diagnosis orthostatic hypotension. Both conditions will be accompanied by lightheadedness. Other causes for lightheadedness, related or not related uh, to dysautonomia, may be imbalance of the autonomic nerve system due to other causes of COVID. There's the direct viral damage, immune dysfunction, excessive inflammation, etc., etc. So this all results in excessive sympathetic fight and flight or reduced parasympathetic rest and digest. This leads to tension, stress, panic, which all contribute to lightheadedness. And to confuse the picture even further, dysautonomia is linked with mast cell activation. They share many symptoms. And so treatment of this condition mast cell activation, may be helpful also with dealing with lightheadedness. I cover this more fully in my talk on MCAS. Other treatments that may help, depending on the underlying diagnoses found, i.e. POTS if diagnosed, treatment with beta blocker or evabridine is needed, as well as all those other measures such as extra fluids and salt, will help with lightheadedness. So that wraps up the specific symptom of dizziness um, and, like I said, the three different presentations. The wobbliness, the room spinning, and the, the lightheadedness. And explains it more fully and its causes and its treatments and its specific management strategies. And so what else can we do to help the recovery from long COVID? We must take the whole person, the holistic view, into account. We need to think about nutrition, we need to think about sleep, we need to think about mind-body strategies. So first of all, nutrition, our diet. Preferably, we have a mixed balanced diet the Mediterranean diet that contains all the necessary minerals and vitamins, the building blocks for cellular tissue repair, as well as anti-inflammatory, antioxidants, those polyphenols, um, i.e. Those, those naturally occurring products 
um, components of your fruit and your veg that gives them the rainbow of colours that polyphenols. As well as that, a mixed balanced diet will provide prebiotic fibre. This is really important to nourish the friendly bacteria in your large intestine, the microbiota. I cover this more fully in my talk on long COVID and gut. But suffice it to say, a healthy gut flora is so important for immune support, production of vitamins, production of hormones, production of neurotransmitters. And whilst we're on diet, we ought to be including omega-3 fish oils, the essential fatty acids, again, for immune support and many other functions. And finally, vitamin D, just for good measure. We do, after all, here in the UK, live in the Northern Hemisphere, we're relatively sunshine-starved, especially in the summer months. As we know, vitamin D is manufactured in our skin with the triggered by uh, sunshine, UVB. So supplementing with vitamin D is really recommended. Yes, there are food sources for this, such as eggs and dairy produce. However, it's not as good as um, taking it as a supplement. Certainly not as good as sunlight. So that's diet dealt with. Then there's sleep. Sleep, as we know, is the great healer. Hippocrates, quote from Hippocrates, father of Western medicine. He knew a thing or two. Um, sleep refreshes and repairs. We must support the day-night cycle, the circadian rhythm, for release of various restorative hormones, such as growth hormone. Think about, we've got to think about sleep hygiene. We've got to be strict with bedtime and to, to read a sleep-enhancing novel, for example, and not necessarily mobile or your iPad, your screens, certainly within the hour before turning the light off and going to sleep, because the mobiles and, and tablets emit blue light, which is arousing, not pink light, which is relaxing. Other things you can do to try and help the uh, uh, quality of your sleep, or to get you off to sleep more effectively, is magnesium or melatonin or pyroton. These are all obtained over the counter. They're safe, tried and tested. Um, I cover these more fully in my sleep disturbance presentation. Plus, it's so important to tackle worries, concerns, anxieties, turbo brain. These are all lead to fight and flight, adrenaline, excessive sympathetic nervous system activity. We need to address these. We should consider mind-body strategies, techniques such as mindfulness. Why not download Headspace or Calm app onto your mobile? Um, relatively cheap. There are lots of studies to prove that, that uh, mindfulness is very effective at 
relieving stress and anxiety. Also consider other mind-body practices such as yoga, tai chi. Again, backed up, proven in many studies to reduce stress, anxiety and blood pressure. They incorporate focus and breath control and coordination and general body conditioning. And finally, as part of the whole long COVID management, we should really be serious about applying the fatigue management strategies, such as planning, pacing, prioritizing, uh, pacing, the process of balancing activity with rest. That's, that's physical activity as well as mental and emotional activity. Pacing gives you an awareness of limitations, knowing your limitations, knowing your baseline to work to and not to go beyond. Not too little, not too much. So you can plan how you use your energy most efficiently, most effectively. Pacing basically means no more push through. It's time to stop. That's enough. I cover this more fully in my long, in my talk on presentation on non-COVID fatigue. Besides all this general advice, there are a few trusted resources, such as Your COVID Recovery. This is the NHS England website. It's a self-help patient resource for symptoms, uh, information and self-management. So go to yourcovidrecovery.com. And finally, the Royal College of Occupational Therapists have loads of really good resources for dealing with fatigue and post-viral fatigue, more specifically after COVID-19. Look down in the show notes below for the link. And so, there it is. That concludes my second part on talk on dizziness with long COVID, following on from my first part, from the first part. I hope you found both of them helpful. And as I've said before, check out the references, resources, and links to social media in the show notes below. And as I also mentioned before, at the start, any advice, diagnoses, treatments that I mention should only be considered after discussion with your own GP or qualified health professional. In the meantime, I wish you well. I wish you well with your long COVID recovery. Cheerio.